and welcome to the 11th episode of Criminality, the podcast where we don't feel judged about our love of reality. We just embrace it and we embrace these people that bring it to us. And I don't think that's our tagline, but I just started. And if you want to change it up a little bit, that's where I landed. Rebecca, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, we embrace it. We celebrate it. Oh, I like here celebrate. To celebrate. Celebrating good times with crime. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> there's enough of them. We're just there getting really started, is. but 11 is pretty cool. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are. Uh, no, the, it's going really well. We always end up talking to each other throughout the week and texting and saying there's just so much you don't really know what direction to head into. And there's always more like literally every single day. There was New Jersey Shore news this week. There's always Girardi news. So it's just all the time. We cannot keep up. We cannot keep up. We had Britney conservatorship oh my updates, goodness. which isn't necessarily reality, but it's pop culture. We're, she, we're including her. She had a show. So chaotic. Oh my gosh. With of course Brittany she and did. Kevin. And yeah. Thank you for stating that on the record. I think that was either WGN, UB, one of those channels, like yeah. channel six. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's been like an endless you know, just coming at us from all sides. Yes. Pretty so crazy. The people that just are interested in crime stuff are finally realizing this world of reality exists where we have all these dumpster fires all the time and it keeps us endlessly entertained. Rebecca, how was your week? It was good. It was a busy one. Um, my daughter graduated from high school on Friday. So exciting. It is exciting. So there's just all of everything that goes with that. And, you know, coming off of a year plus of COVID just it felt really saturated and busy mm. in a way that we haven't felt in a while. Oh, so I'm yeah. completely wrecked. But it was really lovely, amazing that her grade got together and had a ceremony together because yeah. they haven't been all together since mm. March of 2020. So uh, it was actually very profound and beautiful to see all the kids together. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, it was really, really nice. And I would like to say again, for the record, you do not look like you could possibly have children that are in high school, have graduated high school. It's a lot for me to take in, but I want your skincare regime. <laughs> You're so or your filters whichever one <laughs> it's uh smoke and mirrors Melissa smoke and mirrors but yeah I am in fact old enough and I feel it oh my god I'm so tired uh, but um but you don't look at that's what that's what counts you, right let's be real yes it's absolutely. not what's inside that counts it's the outside I would kidding. take I would take that the way you're saying it any day of the week. <laughs> but you had a, a beautiful week too. I saw a lovely picture that you sent me of the gorgeous water. Yes, we, my family and I went with some friends to uh, Siesta Key. It's near <gasps> Sarasota. So it's not like Florida Keys, which is what I even thought when I first heard about it. Um, oh, me too. Beautiful, white sand, crystal clear water, just unbelievable. But the really cool thing is, here's our reality connection. There is a show on MTV called Siesta Key. Rebecca, are you familiar with it? I am not. I am not either, but I know it exists. <laughs> and when we were there on the last evening, both my kids got like the crud. And so nobody was really happy, but I was like, we have to see the sunset one night. Let's go yes. see the sunset. So as we start walking towards the beach, we realize that um, lots of people are walking to the beach. And I think, what a cool community. Everyone just wants to see. It's all about the, the sunset, sunset, I'm sure. Over the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Turns out they were taping something. And it, I personally think it has to be Siesta Key. Why else would they be there? I mean, it's just beautiful background, you know, <sighs> the boom mics and the cameras. And I'm trying to get into a picture 
with my hand up, kind of like <laughs> I did with the Statue like, of Liberty. Yeah. But my husband has yet to learn how to do it where it looks like I'm holding the people in the cast. Uh-huh. Why would I want to look like I'm holding the people in the cast? I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hand in photos. It's a power move. It's a power move. It was move. a total. <laughs> like, they're like four inches to the side. And then, of course, like as we leave, I'm like taking pictures. My husband's like, I said, should I like try and walk in the water? He's like, absolutely not. Your children are here. And there's something chilling about hearing your children are here. Just thinking. <laughs> Oh, the possible trauma I could be causing this. So Remember I got that it together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it together. We left and they were all packing up. So I got like, I'll have to send you the selfie I got because it's truly the worst photo I've ever taken of myself. But you can see all their, their setup and stuff. And then I was like Googling to see who I recognize. And I think I recognize one person, but also I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the show, but I know they're filming now. So, um, that I possibly like had a reality run in. I think you did. I think that's so cool that you were, you know, aware of it, of that show existing. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, about but it. it makes sense that you were there. And I, I have no doubt that that's what was happening. That's very, very cool. It is. Or it was just, you know, like a weird MTV real life. I eat sand or something was going on. <laughs> One of those two things was going on. I mean, anything's possible, but I'm going with Siesta Key, and I think it's super cool timing that you were there. Yeah, but you know what is crazy? And I, you see all this stuff all the time living where you live, but where you see all these cameras and people around and then on the peripheral, all the people standing around and you're thinking, how are these people just acting natural? And like, I don't, I don't understand it. I was self-conscious and I was just holding them in my hands for a picture. Do you mean like the the crew or the extras or the, what do you the mean? The people that were actually in the show. So like they're just oh. talking to each other and I'm thinking, right. do you not see all these cameras? Because right. I do. Do you see <laughs> yes. this idiot woman trying to hold you in a photo? There's a lot going on and they're just talking and surfing. Nonchalant. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, right? I mean, that is something you would need to possess to be on camera is the ability to act like it's not on you if you're on reality TV. Right, right. So I don't know if we have um, futures in that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I don't. Um, yeah, but Rebecca, this week we are getting into a new story this week. I I hope you'll enjoy it. I I always do. Oh, good. Well, there, I was just going to sit there in silence until you <laughs> give me a compliment. I promise I will. <laughs> so the three clues that I gave last week were Rose, The Apprentice, and Bandana. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca, you know who we're talking about this week, right? I do, but I got really shamed on Instagram for not knowing immediately. I saw that. And I was like, well, look, first of all, it happens really fast. I'm aware of dead air. And if you don't know right away, the sound of someone thinking and trying to remember something is terrible or <laughs> talking is. while you're like actively trying to remember. So I, I panicked. OK, I was overthinking and then I panicked. <laughs> um, but obviously we are talking about um, what's his name? Brett. Yes. What's his name <laughs> is who we're talking about this. So I think we'd all agree that 2020 was a pretty weird year. Right, Rebecca? Glad it's over. Yes. So when I say that 2020 brought in our lives a human man dressed as a banana singing, knocking on heaven's door, you'd probably nod and say, yeah, that seems right. right? It does. Now, what if I told you that same man sang this song in front of the world on the 10th anniversary of a terrible accident that he claimed nearly killed him? The plot I'd, thickens. Yeah, I'd still believe it. And finally, what if I said this same banana man was my uncle? 
Stop. Okay, that last one's a lie. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but the rest of it's true. And this week, we are here to discuss the man, the banana, the bandana banana man, Brett Michaels, and the accident that occurred in 2010 that almost took away his dreams of one day being on a show that I still can't believe is real, The Masked Singer. Oh my gosh, what a ride that was. Just just the setup. Bandana Banana Man. I'm so excited. <laughs> so fun. Our new show mascot. There you go. So Brett Michaels' first foray into the reality TV genre didn't begin with The Masked Singer. Nay, many of us knew him from his time on VH1's hit reality show of yesteryear called Rock of Love with Brett Michaels, which ran for two seasons oh before gosh. morphing into Rock of Love Bus with Brett Michaels. Wow. Take this crazy show on the road. Years later, he would go on to star in Brett Michaels, colon, Life as I Know It. And wow. this show, yeah, it showed more of his softer, more domestic side. And you know, we loved a well-placed colon on this show. He's involved in several colon-related uh, activities. <laughs> By that, I mean shows and books and stuff. And he even had a run on a season of Celebrity Apprentice, where he actually came in first place i remember watching that season yeah he really wanted everyone to be his friend and i think he thought they were all his friend but i never got that vibe and it was kind of sad but um i enjoyed it and then he also was on the uh, celebrity apprentice all-stars where he came in last place so yeah you win some you lose some really hard and that's not all of it but at some point we have to get to the story rebecca but just know that basically Brett Michaels is sort of a reality superstar, and for that we owe him so much. I had no idea. Yeah, it, I mean, it was so prolific his uh, reality career. Rebecca, I'm gonna blow your mind so much in this. I like <laughs> had to stop myself from texting you as I found new information just to be able to present it to you today. So, who exactly is Brett Michaels besides the man that very likely has a bandana sewn into his skull and one of the stars of Sharknado 5 colon global swarming? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> clever. That's clever. I like it. Brett Michaels was born Brett Michael Sychik. I have looked, I have searched the internet for pronunciations. And Wait, it definitely sounds like you're saying side chick. Oh, that would make sense, but <laughs> it's S-Y-C-H-A-K. And you know when you go online and you look in pronunciations? Yes. It it told me seven different ways, and one yeah. of them was side chick. So I'm just going with Brett Michaels is who we know, right? Of course. He was born in Butler, Pennsylvania on March 15th, 1963. Uh, when he was just six years old, he became very ill and landed in the hospital for several weeks. And by the end of this day, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which he says oh. has always made him a tougher person. His time on Celebrity Apprentice, he that was what he was working for, raising money for diabetes, for the American Diabetes Association. And oh. I believe one of his daughters also has diabetes as well. Brett was also always a very big personality and lover of music. He began playing music and eventually formed a band with one of his longtime friends, Ricky Rocket. I don't know if that was his God-given name. It does not sound like it to me. <laughs> These two would be the original singers and members of the band Paris. Have you heard of the band Paris? I regret to say I have not. Okay, me neither. But apparently they were a thing at some point. So this band plays around Pittsburgh, and eventually they move off to Los Angeles. But not before adding a bassist named Bobby Dow and another guitarist named Matt Smith. And they had Brett as a lead singer and guitarist. Eventually, Matt Smith would be replaced with CeCe DeVille. Heard of him? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Right. 
and the band went on to change their name to Rebecca. Uh, the way most women kill people poison. Oh, wow. That was a nice setup there. I like it. So, Rebecca, when I mention the band Poison, what comes to mind? Not a lot. Not a lot at all. They no. can Sometimes you confuse them with different people, like Guns N' Roses, stuff like that, right? They're very 80s. For me, they're almost interchangeable, which I know will horrify people, but it's true. No. <laughs> Could be worse. So while they don't really do it for me, they certainly did it for others. Because after being signed with Enigma Records, which how 80s sounding is that? <laughs> they released an album in 1986 called, oh gosh, here we go. Look what the cat dragged in, colon, it's Brett's bandana again. Hold on. I actually, whoops. <laughs> I didn't put it in italic, so I didn't realize that was my own joke I wrote into there. It's just called Look <laughs> Look What the Cat Dragged In. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so this album is pretty successful, thanks in part to the song Talk Dirty to Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes, it's it's coming full circle for you now. Yeah, I mean, I was not the age or demographic for this band, but that, right. that had lasting power. I mean, that staying power. I remember that song. Right. So the group begins touring and starts making a lot of fans. In 1988, they released their sophomore album titled Open Up and Say dot 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 ah. Yeah, I can picture that t-shirt. Which I feel like it's sexual. I don't totally get it. And I'm okay with that. So we'll just keep going. Definitely sexual. <laughs> So this proves to be the album that would really matter. Open Up and Say Ah featured the songs Nothing But a Good Time. And of course, every rose, rose has, has its, its corn. No, yes. thorn. <laughs> nice tie into the last yeah, episode. Totally on purpose. Did this. You know, I'm one step ahead. Like clockwork. Yeah. And so this song reaches the top of the radio charts. Everyone, whether you know Poison or know who sings it or know Brett Michaels, you probably have heard of the phrase at least, right? I mean, I know the song. Actually, this song I know completely. I would never have attributed it to Poison. I feel like such a sham right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell Brett, so I think you're okay, but... <laughs> I might have said John Bon Jovi sang it. Oh, okay. Well, that's pushing it a little bit, yeah. but you know... <laughs> now everybody in New Jersey is going to have my head. Okay. Right. There you go. Carry on. But by 1990, things weren't so rosy within this group. Tensions are really high, and also some members of the band were as well. Things fell apart for the band <laughs> in real time on one of the biggest nights of their career. So they are playing the 1990 VMAs. Do you remember when I the was VMAs? Say it's the VMAs. Yes, it's be. it was yeah. everything, right? And so the group was scheduled to play their new song called "Unskinny Bop," which a hundred percent have never heard of it. No clue. Don't even understand what it means. It's the prequel to Mbop. Pro yeah. <laughs> and probably sexual as well. So <laughs> I watched the video and it's very 90s. Uh, downtown Julie Brown. Remember Downtown Julie oh, Brown? Oh, yeah, of course. And she's still on XM Radio. I just love hearing wow. her voice. Yeah. So she is announcing Poison coming on with CC DeVille and he is totally out of it, plastered, out of his mind, like you are concerned with, you're like, oh, you're going up on stage now? This oh, is not yikes. Good. Yeah. So he goes on stage, he goes with On With Poison, and they perform. And literally halfway through the song, Arsenio Hall is, he's the host of this. How 90s is this? Yeah. Right? And they start playing Talk Dirty, or and Cece starts playing Talk Dirty to Me in the middle of them playing Unskinny Bop. Oh, shoot. 
Yeah, that's kind of it. A, wasn't a mashup. It was like it, yeah, <laughs> it accidental pre mashup. Yeah, it was before the benefers of the hybrid, you know our, yeah. yeah all of that. During it, Arsenio Hall actually kind of stops and is like, "Hey, this band doesn't really need an introduction." Poison and and tries to help them start again. Well, then Cece's guitar gets unplugged, and if you think Poison is rough on the ears without um, an electric guitar, with no guitar, oh my gosh, it takes a turn. So it's a total nightmare. And thanks to the internet, we can all watch it on repeat. Yeah, I'm gonna wanna. Yeah. <laughs> so this was supposed to be Poison's opportunity to really open up to a newer and younger audience, right? Instead, it's really basically the beginning of the end. Uh, apparently, Brett and Cece got into a fist fight after this uh, in the back, and Cece was officially fired from the band. So you know how like bands fire people and then they go on to win like awards and sell millions of records all the time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, didn't happen for them either. Um, <laughs> they kind of started doing like blues music after Cece left. Do you remember any Poison of their blues shots? No, Poison I did blues music. Um, didn't remember that. Feel like they tried to forget about it, but it, it it's out there. I it did exists. not listen to it, but yes, it's it's there. But Brett Michaels and his bandana were still in our hearts, of course. And apparently, VH1 thought so too, because fresh off the success of Flavor of Love, we got Rock of Love with Brett hmm. Michaels. So the show's creator were um, creators were Chris Abrigo and Mark Cronin. And while you may not recognize their names, you'll likely know their company, 51 Minds, or at the very least, the shows they did, which I'm talking, there's like 70 shows. Charm School, For the Love of Ray J. Oh, wow. Gotti's Way. My Fair Brady, which was a very much a favorite of mine. Below Deck. Oh, my I gosh. Right? We owe them so much. And uh, Frank the Entertainer in A Basement Affair. I forgot that was... A thing, but VH1 was running out of content there for a yeah. while. So <laughs> the show debuts in June of 2007, and the premise is pretty simple. 25 women compete for the heart of one eligible bachelor. And put a pin in that eligible part because we're going to come back to that later. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we heard about The Bachelor last week. Rebecca did an amazing job explaining it to us and telling us everything we would ever need to know about that sort of a show. So we don't need to explain a lot about the world of dating shows. So this is sort of sold as a bachelor, but rock and roll kind of show. And instead of a rose, you get a backstage pass and possibly some true religion bedazzled jeans. Hey, <laughs> what around what time period are we talking? 2007. Yeah, I was going to say. Sorry, okay. I missed that. Yes, 2007. So Brett's there. There's no host, officially a host, but there is Big John, who is his bodyguard for some reason. He's kind of in between Brett and, you know, I know what he wants. I know what he looks for. I normally pull the girls for him at his concert, which I definitely believe is a thing that he did. But I don't understand the need for a bodyguard when these women are 100 pounds soaking wet. They are just <laughs> teeny tiny things. So this show is filmed in this bachelor pad. And everyone, of course, treated the place great and put everything exactly back where it went and you know, after the show finished filming, right? Yeah, that's as I would imagine it to be. Right, yeah. <laughs> for this, yeah. So, of course, just kidding. Uh, after the second season of the show, the owner of this $9 million home, Ray Saranavard, claimed that there was almost $400,000 in damage done to his Encino mansion. Oh, my gosh. That's worse than Ramona and Dorinda's uh, 
Bluestone, Greystone Manor. Bluestone Manor, Manor. yeah. Remember when she like wrecked the room? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, quite a bit worse. So he claimed, this guy claims that Mindless Entertainment, who produces the show, um, said that, you know, we'll take care of the house. Don't worry about it. We'll use it. And we'll also get, he wanted them to get $3 million of liability insurance on the house, just in case. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So it turns out things got a little wild. According to Brett, during his time on the show, he said there was so much stuff on that happened that they couldn't even show. He even said that basically it was like a four-night party, like one day turned into the next, turned into the next, turned into the next. How exhausting does that sound? Yeah, something tells me they didn't need to sleep. <laughs> no, no, nobody needed to sleep there. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Something was fueling that that (laughs) four-day fest. Yes. So basically, everything's damaged. According to the owner, things are removed. There's holes in the walls. There's holes in the ceilings. Doors are removed. Plants are dead or dying. And also, they repainted the entire interior of the house. So a few things went on. So Mindless Entertainment says, hey, you know what? We were only there certain hours. We don't know what Brett was doing the rest of the time when we weren't filming. So we can't be held responsible for all this. And the owner was like, perfect. I'm adding Brett Michaels to this suit. Oh, (laughs) shoot. Yeah. So he gets added onto the lawsuit. And while it doesn't say what happened with the lawsuit, it does mention that Mindless Entertainment did not get that $3 million in insurance that they said they would. Which doesn't that feel like rule number one in filming an early 2000s reality show on VH1? Like, you get all the insurance. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And not for nothing, not to blame the victim here, but has he ever heard the phrase like, you really rock-starred that room? Like, what did he think was going to happen in that I space? Know. Well, I mean, to be fair, Brett is a little older now, and his jeans mm. fit a little worse, and maybe he <laughs> thought he was going to slow the party down a little. I don't know. Old habits die hard. I don't know. I, <laughs> I know. So back to Rock of Love. So drinks are flowing. Rebecca, have you ever actually seen Rock of Love? Did you I watch it? I surely have not. No. Okay. It is... I watched a new an episode just to kind of prepare myself for this, just to bring me back to those days. And oh my gosh, you know how we talk about shows that could come back and make a reboot? They will never, ever, this is not one of ever those. reboot this show. The things I heard on this show, the things that were talked about, it was it was just the girls calling each other SLUTs and all kinds of. It was just crazy. Like it's just such a weird thing. Yes, it's a weird thing to hear in 2021. Um, yeah. Like just. So spoken so freely and of course the way brett talks about the women is also like a lot to take yeah it's just not like it's not gonna fly in 2021 so ultimately though on the show a woman by the name of jess becomes brett's girlfriend which is the prize your prize is to become that you're dating yes okay (laughs) can you imagine how ticked would you be if you went home with bandana man and you really Give me some cash. I need cash yeah, for this. Yeah, I know. No money prize or at least a wedding. No. Yeah, no. I like that we think a wedding is a good thing in this situation. Well, at The Bachelor, they don't get any money. They really are doing it for the 15 minutes of fame, let's be real, and the potential maybe wedding. They're doing it for the tummy tea on Instagram. I am convinced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Jess goes on to say that she only received one phone call from Brett after they left the mansion. And technically it was his manager that called her and then passed the phone to Brett. And he said, hey, will you come to the reunion? And then later she gets one other call only from the manager who said, could you please just return Brett's cowboy hat that he let you have? Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's so messed up. 
But like, what's going on in your head that you're like, you know what, we've shamed this girl, we've shown her all over TV, you're never going to have anything to do with her, we should see about that cowboy hat. Yeah, it's irreplaceable, surely. Yeah. Come on. I can't even imagine the things that had is seen. So later, though, it's really revealed throughout his time on these shows that Brett was likely still seeing the mother of his children. During this time, it was basically all for show, and he really didn't have any intention of seeing any of these women. He thought it would be a cool concept, but he they were very off and on, so it's, it's not too surprising. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice, and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by U.S. News and World Report, and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out. And I was happier to stay inside and heat up my factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So after Rock of Love and Rock of Love Bus, there were many follow-up shows to these, and this stars several people from the franchise, I'm doing air quotes, hardcore there, including I Love Money, and 
the infamous Megan Wants a Millionaire. Do you know anything oh, about that one? Yeah. I do know about that one. So that one never, did it ever air or maybe a couple episodes did? I feel like it got pulled before it even aired. I can't I remember. I think so. I think so. Because he, the guy who ended up being a killer, um, mm-hmm. he was also on I Love Money. I know one of them we saw a couple episodes and I don't remember if it was Megan Wants I don't a remember either. That one. story comes up when researching for this show right? I'm sure like you like I read that uh yeah okay yeah absolutely so Megan was on I think Brett's second season or his third season I can't remember huh. which they give her a spinoff and she wants to marry a millionaire a guy goes on there and he ends up killing his girlfriend and there was a manhunt in Canada and he ends up taking his life so very, very dark. And so we won't be talking about that one. But weird that it's connected. It is. Through, Honestly, through you her. can get three connections. I can get from here to the Kardashians in, I think, five five spots. So impressive. It is. I'm impressed with myself. It's not a talent I should brag about. <laughs> but I'm about to blow your mind with this next piece of information. I don't know how we have to be able to share this somehow, but you're going to have to watch this. Okay. In 2000s, Brett spent much of his time on television, for better or worse, right? Between Rock of Love and his time on Celebrity Apprentice, you'd think he only really did reality TV. But Brett Michaels was an actor for a while. He was an actor. Oh, Rebecca, (laughs) things I'm going to teach you right now. (laughs) Everyone take a collective breath. Okay. In the 90s. He and Denise Richards' ex-husband, Charlie Sheen, started a production company called Sheen Michaels. Stop. No. They went on to produce several films together, including one with the most amazing trailer of all time called A Letter from Death Row, which Brett Michaels directed, wrote, no. starred in. No. And I'd love for you to check out this trailer, Rebecca. It's like a minute and a half, so I don't think we'll be able to play all of that, but Rebecca, it would be my honor. It. It has truly changed my life. And just know when you're watching this trailer, every time you say, wait, who is that guy? It's Brett Michaels. He <laughs> Forget Kevin Bacon. Everything could be six degrees of Charlie Sheen. Right? I know. I know. Martin Sheen is in this. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to send you that video all week I, long. I applaud your restraint. I feel like when you found that, I can only imagine what it was like coming across that in the middle of your research, like the excitement and the the surprise at such a such a gem as this, that has like every cinematic trope in the book. <laughs> like all of them. It's so bad and so good and has two sheens. Two sheens. Both sheens. We made the sheens. Emilio Estevez, not available. How how did they how how did this get made and funded? I mean they funded it. They produced it. You know what? The podcast, how does it how did this get made? We need to suggest this to them because there's no way this is not something that they need to dissect. Brett Michaels screaming in the courtroom at the judge. Judge. Yeah. Oh, judge. I didn't listen to me, judge. Yeah, listen to me, judge. That's the real part. Oh, but then parts of the trailer, he's wearing a bandana, like going to court and parts of it. And there's close-ups of his eyes and him in the bandana, like these like dramatic. Yes. Attempting to be dramatic shots. That That is rich. It is so good. Oh, it, my gosh. It truly made it all worth it. If nobody sees anything else, please, we will have to share this somehow because it is 
truly part of pop culture that we should all learn and respect because it's a part of our collective history. It is. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it reveals why he was on so many reality shows. Like he, he's, he wanted to be an actor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think he thought this was like his, his like Oscar performance. Like, I know I'm going to pivot and this will be my breakout. A million percent. He is the Tobias Funke of reality (laughs) stars. Wow. I love it so much. Thank you for allowing me to share that. So as we can see, though, Brett is a man of many talents, right? He's done it all from rock and roll to movies to reality to a celebrity sex tape. Oh, wow. Of course didn't he did. know. Yeah. Before no. the cloud, celebrity sex tapes were stored somewhere more trusty, like VHS tapes. According to Brett Michaels, back when he and Pam Anderson were a couple, did you even remember they were a couple? No. The couple made a sex tape together. Brett said he owned a copy. Pam owned a copy. So imagine his surprise when their fornication film was available all over Al Gore's internet. He was livid, as was Pamela, and they would end up receiving a seven-figure sum from the porn company, get ready for this name, Internet Entertainment Group. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. I I expected more from them, to be quite honest. They were trying to keep a low profile. <laughs> <laughs> There's an LLC in there somewhere. For sure. They said that, you know, along with the seven-figure settlement, they destroyed all the copies of the tape that they had access to. Unlike the sex tape that Pamela was in with her former husband, Tommy Lee, this one never really reached the masses because Pamela and Brett's attorney really put the kibosh on the whole thing right away. And uh, they filed the lawsuit against the company for $90 million. Oh. Yes. So while Brett has been involved in some thorny situations, the real lawsuit I want to talk about today was one that I knew existed, but I really didn't know a lot about. Back in 2009, the Broadway show Rock of Ages was a huge hit. Yeah, I remember that. I never saw it, but... Yeah, I wanted to ask you, what is your relationship? Are you a big Broadway fan, big Broadway plays? Is that your thing? Yes and no. Like, I live in New York, and my kids... We would take kids to shows. Um, right. It just seems like something we we should do. As I got older, I got more comfortable being a fan of musicals. For a long time, I was like, I hate musicals. Right, right. I like plays. And then I realized I, that wasn't true. I really, really like musicals. And I think mm-hmm. I was, like, jealous. And I wanted to, like, be in them. And I actually think, for the most part, they're amazing. There's ones I don't care about seeing. But for the most part, I'm very wowed by, by the Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> and I never was interested in Rock of Ages. I do remember... It was really popular and everybody was coming in to see it. Didn't really, wasn't my yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. Um, So the idea of Rock of Ages was, you could tell me if I'm off on this, but the musicals kind of told through songs of 80s bands, mostly these glam metal, hair metal stuff. Yep. But interestingly enough, the song Rock of Ages by Def Leppard was not even included in the musical. That seems weird and like... They might have something to say about that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, did they? I, I don't understand how they got away with doing that. I wonder if they got yeah. paid off to do that or, or yeah. how that worked or if they were like, no, this is the name. We're just going for it. We'll see what happens. Okay. But songs from bands like Twisted Sister, Sticks, and Poison were included in this show, which is how we start this part of the story. Now, I've never seen Rock of Ages. I've also never wanted to, but some people have and freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the people at the Tonys were big fans. So much so that it was nominated for five Tonys in 2009, including Best Musical and Best Director in a Musical. Wow. Yeah, they ended up losing. But fun fact, the winner for Best Musical that year was, any guesses, 2009? 
I'm terrible with the years. I don't it's know. It's fine. I, I would have never guessed this, but it was Billy Elliot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see that either. No. I heard it was great. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one was great for sure. But back to Brett. Thanks to the Tony nomination, Brett and Poison would be invited on stage to sing Nothing But a Good Time, a song that's featured in Rock of Ages, along with the Broadway cast as part of the opening number for the Tonys on June 7th, 2009. Cool. Yeah. So Neil Patrick Harris, or NPH as you know, we lovingly refer to him as, he was the host that year. And as the band came out to sing the song, everything's going great, sounds great, CeCe DeVille isn't going crazy, it's all going right, right? Then as the number is coming to a close, this large sign comes down from the ceiling at the end of the song. Brett Michaels literally turns around to exit the stage behind him and walks face first into this thing, knocking him down. <gasps> it reminds me of those old cartoons where they step on a rake Trap? and it hits him in the face. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to send you this link now as well. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I know that's hard to deal with in real time, but eek. Yeah, pretty rough. Neil Patrick Harris says at the end of it, it gives uh, new meaning to the term headbanging whenever Brett literally just piles into it. He kind of does a little bounce before, and I feel like that gave more momentum whenever he, yes. he hit it. So the audience kind of half laughs and, you know, Neil Patrick Harris says, oh, he's fine. Well, yes and no. Backstage, Brett was apparently in really good spirits. Uh, he'd been injured, suffered a broken nose, and busted lip that required three stitches. Oh. And you kind of think, no harm, no foul. But according to Brett and his team, this accident nearly cost him his life. So fast forward a few months to April 12, 2010. Brett's at home after having um, an emergency appendectomy. It's actually during the same time that his show, Brett, Life As I Know It, uh, is being filmed. His longtime girlfriend's there, a mother of his daughters slash co-star in Letter from Death Row, Christy Gibson. And he says he hears what sounds like a gunshot going off next to his head. Oh, no. Yeah, he realizes there's no gun and the sound came from inside of his head. And so he tells his girlfriend he needs to go to the emergency room right away. So they rush to the hospital and doctors bring him in and after running tests realize that he's had a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Oof, sounds yes. bad. Yes, and I'm hoping I said that right. This type of hemorrhage causes bleeding in the fluid-filled spaces that are around the base of your brain. Brett said by the time they arrived at the hospital, he's already slurring his words and asking the doctor if he's going to die, saying, please don't let my kids be here if I'm about to die. And Luckily for Brett, though, he makes it through this really traumatic experience, but not without an immense amount of pain. And he even ended up having to go to a rehab facility 30 days after this. After this hemorrhage, he was in the hospital for a while and almost died. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. We didn't hear much from Brett after this brain hemorrhage until March 26, 2011. That's the day that Brett filed a lawsuit against both CBS and Tony Award Productions, stating that the producers failed to give him any information on how to properly exit the stage at the end of his performance. Oh. Yeah. So according to this lawsuit, with the type of hemorrhage he had, one of the most common causes is a head trauma, which would line up to what happened to Brett at the Tonys. According to this suit, quote, through his sheer will to live to see his children grow up, he was able to survive this trauma, end quote. But Brett takes it even further and says that he specifically asked producers where he should stand, how he should exit after the performance, as well as where he should or shouldn't stand for the performance. And they simply told him, according to him, 
that whenever he's done, turn around and exit the stage. So the suit goes on to claim that Brett never knew the sign would be coming down from the ceiling or given any warning of the existence of the dangers it presented. He even said in the suit that producers basically said to him he missed his mark, which... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, after after what he said, hearing you know that they're saying that, it, it feels like two totally different things have happened. So almost a year later, in February of 2012, the defendants of the lawsuit actually filed a complaint against Brett. In it, CBS and Tony Award Productions and White Cherry Entertainment, Inc. said... They weren't at fault, but they actually alluded to the possibility that the Rock of Ages musical could have some blame. Do I understand how exactly? Not really, but they said they were kind of all over the stage and everybody was doing their own thing. It's kind of what they alluded to. Like, if you're going to blame us, there's other things that were going on. We weren't in control of the entire thing. Mm, Yeah. So here's, here's a quote that I thought was super interesting regarding this whole thing. This comes from Brett's representatives. It says, quote, After the injury, Michaels repeatedly attempt to resolve the matter amicably and out of court in an effort to avoid adding to the already substantial publicity surrounding the accident. The Tony Awards could have, but did not, take advantage of the standard broadcast delay to prevent the video from being transmitted. The incident became an internet mainstay and at one point was one of the 10 most viewed clips on YouTube. Yeah, the Tony Awards and its producers have yet to apologize to Michaels, let alone take responsibility for the severe injuries they caused. Instead, defendants have sought to point the blame first at Michaels himself and now at Rock of Ages. It's confusing, but this kind of, it's kind of a he said, he said situation here. I don't like it. No, but unfortunately for Brett, he did go on record back in June of 2009, the same month he had this injury, spoke to people.com, and he said he had zero plans to ever file a lawsuit. He said, quote, this is, really would not have helped this case. Quote, I want to make very clear to everybody that first and foremost, I was honored to be at the Tonys. I'd never done it before in all my life. And it's not something I thought I'd be on. I was really excited. There's no lawsuit. I'm not doing any of that. I'm taking the high road, end quote. Okay. Okay. But maybe he was thinking and that will be well received. This gesture of, you know, he was sounds like he was looking for an apology and for them that's to, all I think he was looking for. Right. Yeah. Take some ownership of it. And so maybe he assumed that's what was gonna happen. Right. And to be fair, he said this six months before this brain hemorrhage. So he thinks Right. I He's fine. Yeah, I've hurt my nose, I've hurt my lip. It's been embarrassing, but I was so honored to be there. I right. Think that's a very generous response. A hundred percent. So really at the time he had no idea how severe his injuries could have been. And I say could have been because his own neurologist came out in May of 2010 and said, quote, I do not believe that a connection between this brain hemorrhage and the Tony Awards injury is a possibility at all. What? Yeah, he said too much time had passed for them to be related. He said, quote, a hit in the head can cause a subacute hemorrhage, but it causes it immediately. If Mm. that had caused a problem that led to this hemorrhage, we would have seen a problem with the blood vessels, end quote. So that's his own doctor saying. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's not going to look great for you. I'd get a second opinion. Yeah, I (laughs) know. Ultimately, though, the two sides come to some sort of an agreement, and the attorneys for both sides inform the court that they've all been able to reach a settlement agreement in principle, and we're working to finalize the terms. Of course, unlucky for us, the terms of the agreement are not known, but I bet that they're at least in the range of take my sex tape down dollars. (laughs) So we're around there. 
And so always a good amount to start with any negotiation. Right. (laughs) So about the end of the lawsuit, Brett's lawyer named Alex Weingarten said, quote, we are pleased to announce that Brett Michaels has reached a settlement of the lawsuit concerning the injuries sustained at and as a result of the 2009 Tony Awards. The terms of the settlement will not be made public. Mr. Michaels would like to thank his fans for their continued support, end quote. So since the accident, Brett stayed very busy. He's toured, he's recorded music, and whether you know Brett from Rock of Love or Celebrity Apprentice, The Mass Singer, or Sharknado 5, colon, global swarming, you'll never forget the first time you asked yourself, is there anything under that freaking bandana? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got, Rebecca. Yes, the the remnants of a head injury. Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. That was good. That was like a very, that was a fun one, if I can say that. I know there were injuries and like probably some broken hearts along the way that we didn't talk about. (laughs) But like, you know, a rock star being on all these shows, like that's a great, I I had no idea of any of this, like of him barely knew about poison. I mean, I know poison, but clearly not much. So this was no, uh, educational from top to bottom for me. Yeah. Well, there's so much in lawsuits and stuff. And and I don't feel like he was like super, I want to sue everybody kind of person. But I think he fell into some situations where, you know, he felt that he had to defend himself. But he seemed like he really, he likes to be on stage. He likes to be Clearly. in front of people. He's a performer. He loves his kids. Yeah. And um, seems like he's a really good dad. And I don't know. He's been through a lot in his life. And he seems to be a fighter. He He's talked about that before so I don't know I thought it was kind of interesting we didn't go too much into the rock of love part of it but there's no real beginning and end to that it's just constant (laughs) chaos just imagine chaos just hours and hours and hours of it and some nip slips that's what it is and just saying no one threatened me with a good time uh that's what network aired that show vh1 oh okay that was when that makes it was like the rock and roll bachelor that makes total sense okay it was during that time so real life all that stuff yeah 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 so that's the story of brett michaels wow and whatever comes next so many colons so little time (laughs) it's really really good yay i'm glad so rebecca do you want to talk about what we're watching this week I do. Okay. I really, really do. So I I say this one with hesitation. Okay. But because I put Cruel Summer out there, I think I can also admit to watching this. Okay. Cruel Summer, <laughs> by the way, I started it, loved it, watched the whole thing, binged it. I have to, those kind of shows I want to watch, but I want to wait until I can watch all of them. I don't okay. like the week to the week, week stuff. Mm-hmm. I did that with Breaking Bad. I started episode oh. one, season one. From the beginning, I had to wait a whole season to find out if Jesse shot somebody. And there was a writer's strike in the middle of it. I've done my time. <laughs> I will and only bench yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually really wise. And I think that's maybe why I love that show lost momentum for me was because I ended up having to wait and I'm not used oh, to it yeah. and I don't like it. But there was a lot of conversation about that show and the ending on our Instagram yeah, as yeah. well and Twitter. Okay, so my clues for you about the show, I just started watching, but it's not the first season. So I, I'm... I'm starting the new season, so that's a clue. Okay. You get a bonus clue. Thank you. I will tell you, um, it is very sexy. Ooh. Spain. High school. Okay. <laughs> Do you see why I'm nervous? I Yeah, I don't know how often I throw sexy and high school together, but you know, you do your own thing. You'll um, get to know me more. And more. I- <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, can you give me a network? Uh, Netflix. 
Ooh, Netflix. Um, Foreign language. It's subtitled. Oh, I'm already lost. I already have to. Well, actually, no, I watch everything with subtitles because I can't hear. <laughs> um, what do you have? What is it? I have no idea. Is there any more clues? If it's subtitled, I don't know that I've seen it. It's called Elite. Oh, have wait. I've seen anything for it. I know I've seen that there's a new season of Elite. That's all I know. Okay. So I don't like to bring COVID up, though I feel like I do probably every week. Um, <laughs> it was March 2020. Oh. Things were not great in New York City. Like we literally, like the sky was falling yeah. is how it felt. Right. And I had to sleep in my office because we were had to quarantine from my husband. And so I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't get comfortable. And so I felt like I watched everything. And the next thing that popped up on Netflix was this elite. And it's a story about these one percenter, super rich, super hot teenagers at a private school in Spain. Okay. But there's like a Muslim girl who doesn't fit in and there's like the scholarship kid and then there's the super wealthy kids and then there's a murder mystery on top of it. So, you know, I'm hooked. Yeah. But in the meantime, there's like lots of teenage shenanigans. And um, I just laid on my little air mattress and stayed up till the wee hours, like getting through all three seasons. Okay. And I've been just waiting for season four ever since. It is so good. Yeah. But not suitable for work or for family or for people walking by in your household. Like watch it on your phone under a cover. (laughs) I feel like that's somehow so much worse. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm overstating it. I'm just saying this is like not cruel summer. This is like, I mean, it's, I I don't know if they rate things. Do they rate show like TV shows, not movies on Netflix? Like it would be NC-17. It would be. Oh, okay. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, elite. It's uh, it's very good, but it is plot driven. I mean, there was like a murder, and a cover up, and you know, re- family relationships, and um, I mean, you're trying to mob. I'm not just there for the sexiness. <laughs> I just led with that because um, I don't know. So <laughs> that's what yeah, got you hooked. So that's, that's what it was. Yeah, let's be real. So, so that's what I'm watching for better or for worse. Oh, okay. Well, I'm interested. I think. I don't know. You don't have to watch it. I don't think you're going to watch it. Yeah. We'll see. I don't feel like you sold it to me in a way that you want me to watch it. It's more in a like, here's this thing I'm watching. Yeah. It feels more like, don't come down this hole with me. Also, I could have done it better. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I didn't know if you wanted to sell me on it or if it was like, some shows I watch and I don't want, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm just being honest about what I'm watching because the other things I'm watching would give away my research on the show. So I'm just, this is what I had to share. I mean, I'm just here to tell the truth. It's like Merrick East Town, you're selling. Elite, you're... I'm just sharing. Sharing. (laughs) Yeah. But if anybody listening has watched or is watching and wants to talk about it with me, you can, you know, DM me on Instagram. Um at Criminality Show or, you know, my other handles. Yeah. How about you? What are you watching? So mine is a few years old, but it's one of those shows that I go back to because it's comfortable and fun and those. we talk about this all the time. Yeah. So this show is TBS or it was TBS. Okay. All right. And the mom, okay, the blonde from Cruel Summers, I already forget their names as soon as it's over. The blonde girl who is a focus. Yes. Her mom in the show yeah. is a star on this show. Really? Can't think of her being in anything else. Okay. She was in Joey. Remember? Oh. Yeah. He had a show for a while. They dated for a while. Oh. Um, more nonsense you didn't need to know. And the last one is Portia de Rossi stars in it. Obviously not Arrested Development. No. It was after Arrested Development. I don't know. I can't think of any show with her. Right. But I'll probably know it when you say it. What is it? 
Better Off Ted. Oh, I've heard of that. I don't even know what it's about. It's so fun. So it's about this company where they do lots of research, science experiments. So they're always like testing things and testing new products and stuff like that. And uh, she's in it. There's Ted is in it. Portia de Rossi is the main boss. But it's this cute, very funny, uh, very fast I'm not going to be able to sell this. I want to sell this one to you, but I'm not doing a great job. Well, science experiments isn't like no, no, the no, way no, no. that that's not the hook. No, 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 no. <laughs> By science experiments, I mean um, there's... Inventions? Yeah, invention. It's more inventions like wacky things where things go wrong and then people have been tested on things or they try different things. They're like, here's how we make our workspaces better. And everyone gets a theme and they give this one poor girl a cat theme and she hates everything about cats, but like her whole, like they're like, no, but you're happy because now you have cats. She's like, I never liked cats. This isn't a thing. And different people have different things. I'm not selling this in the format in which I should. I feel like you're trying to get me back for Elite right now, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But am I trying to get you back or are you yes, trying to get me back? You're trying to get me back, back because I didn't really <laughs> no, jump no. on it. I, I, I'm just, again, I'm just here to tell the truth. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not finding my way into this show. I'm going to have to just send you a clip because I can't get you there with the way I'm describing it. But just think, funny, witty, cute. Uh, The scientists are really, really funny. Like their dynamic together is great, but it's fun. If you've watched Better Off Ted, you love Better Off Ted, but it only lasted two seasons and it was really, really good. And it's kind of like a, uh, was it Pushing Daisies? That show that kind of had a little bit of a cult following after it was over. Mm -hmm. Similar to that in my heart. And I'm the cult. See, you should be into it. Cult! Yeah, say no more. Um... (laughs) Your sincerity is coming through. Uh-huh. I will give it a try, and I mean that. Okay, I'm still not trying elite. Actually, don't. I won't <laughs> say that because four seasons of a show. I need that. That's what I need in my life. Yeah, just watch it. Yeah, I would be really <laughs> curious if you do watch it. Okay, I I will at least give it one episode. How about that? Okay, fair deal. Yes, when no one in my house is home. Okay, Rebecca, yes. do you have clues for the next episode? Okay, so I am. In the research for the next episode, very excited to share it with you and everybody. Uh, Here's the clues. Missouri, FBI, divorce. What the what? Okay. I'm glad you don't know it right away. Divorce. Wait, Missouri, FBI, FBI, divorce. Ooh, I am intrigued. Okay, good, good. Yeah, but not even an inkling of an idea. Oh, of what's going I kind on. of love that because you're smart, and um, you also are getting to what know did you me. Say? I said you are smart. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it slower. I can say it faster. I can yeah, say yeah. It more. I just like it on um, the loop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like you're hard to stump. So cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll regret excited. choosing it um, momentarily, but right now I'm in. And I'm, I, I think it's I think it's going to be good. It, it pulls in a lot of my interests. Give some elite confidence with this. Uh. <laughs> I I don't. My confidence is not elite. It's not oh. elite level. It's unprofessional. What's the opposite of elite? Uh, I don't know. Not that smart. General, like um, <laughs> mass marketed. I don't yeah. know. There you go. It's uh, it's bootleg. So okay, there we go. Yeah. I'll take it. Well, that was that. That, that was, was that. this week. Yes. <laughs> We'll be back in two more weeks, Rebecca, with a new story that you'll be sharing about the FBI, Missouri, and divorce. A divorce. Yes. Yep. All right. Wait. Not the show. All right. We'll have a great few weeks, everyone. So long for now. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.